Hello there, and welcome to this podcast. We are Black Current, a group of 20-something-year-olds with a common interest to bring you fun, laughter, and a bit of understanding. This podcast is hosted by three people, Larry, Victor, and Patsy. We are recording from three different locations, Lagos, Nigeria, London and Manchester in the UK. All opinions are our own. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you do like our content, you can also subscribe to our different platforms and like our podcasts. So thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy this recording. We are Black Current. Welcome guys to another episode of Black Current. I'm Patsy and today we have the best two guys in my life, Larry and Victor. Wait, wait, Patsy, this is the first time I'm hearing that, so I am, I'm sorry. I'm good <laughs> the best Larry. two guys in that Patsy's is, life. Uh, see, my G, I'm gassed. I'm not going to lie, I am really? so gassed. <laughs> I am honoured. I will do that the best to be the, the bestest guy in your life, I promise. I, I feel like I'm so happy. To hear someone say that about me. Oh, I, I, I don't know. See, now, you don't realize what you're doing right now, Larry. Yeah, <laughs> you do not realize what you're doing right now. Like you've actually turned me into the bad guy in all of this. <laughs> he has turned me into the bad guy, and not just with Patsy, with everyone that's listening. This, do you know what I mean? When someone goes, "Oh yeah," like you're the two best people in my life, and then the other person goes, "Oh, I'm so honored," and the other person's like, "Ah." It's average. <laughs> it's average. It's average. We all know who the dickhead. Like, who the dickhead? But it's like, <laughs> Larry went so deep. It's like, oh, I can't. I'm honored. I can't. It's almost like he's been picked to represent his country. <laughs> you get me? He has. He's been picked to represent this podcast. Oh, God. Side note that was the side note. But the actual real topic today is hashtag. And it shouldn't be a hashtag, Black Lives Matter. <sighs> guys, how are we feeling? How has this week been for you guys? Oh, okay. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. Oh, it's been an overwhelming. It's been, yes. Uh, it's just been one of those weeks where you wish you never have to, you never want to confront ever again. It's one you just say, you know what, let this be one off. Never again. Why is this even an issue? Like, why? Yeah. Um, it's really, really is tough, like, to talk about. And especially us, as, you know, it goes without saying, us as Black people, you almost run out of energy because, you know, we've been fighting this fight all our lives. We've been, it's not, it's not something that is brand new. It's not something that, you know, out of nowhere you want to speak about. But, what makes it 10 times harder to speak about right now is the fact that the images, the graphical detail of it, everything that you have to put on the front line so that people are not ignorant about the whole thing, you know, keeps getting played over and over again. And as someone that's black, you know, you almost grow numb to it, which is so sad because Mm -hmm. you're like, deep down, you're like, I want to fight this fight. How much, like, how much do I have in me? 
and then it just brings out anger. It brings out so many ugly emotions in you. And you just, you know, right before this podcast, Patsy and I were... (laughs) I had like a short argument with Patsy, but if I look deep down within myself, like I ask myself, did I... Like, was the argument really about what we're arguing about? Or has it been just a build-up of everything that's been going on this past week? Um, You know? And it's just that emotion. It's really ugly. And, you know, the more you speak about it, the more de-energized you get. But you just can't not speak about it. Mm. So you're in that position where you're pushing out a message that is literally draining you. (laughs) You wake up in the morning and you see these videos of, you know, dads, right, of children, of people getting, I mean, you knew this was happening, but now it's just out there all the time. And, you know, you have to make sure you're sharing. You have to because you're fighting that fight. I just, I I can't. So that's literally been the whole week. And, you know. Whole week. It's just been, it's, I think it's the most numbing, overwhelming roller coaster of highs and lows and when I say highs it's not the situation isn't good it's absolutely horrific but the highs is you know the people that have spoken to me and said they stand with me they support me but that also has a double side effect to it in why are you only just saying that to me now you you, you start to question so much did you not see that I was different to you like our skin tone is different and that means we are different you have a different life to how I live and I think we can put people of color in the difference to white because if you're Asian you still get treated differently to white people you know if you're from anywhere really other than your color of your skin is white or you are treated differently and I think that's what our conversation today will be about is just how we have to live day in, day out. And I guess, Larry, are you 27, 28 now? Like, you know, that's been going on for Larry for 27, 28 years now. And like me and Victor are close to that age as well. So it's not, you know, it's it's been going on for us forever and it's not just a trend to us. Okay, you see, I think, okay, finally I'm ready to proper articulate my thoughts. You see, this week, much like it was others when such an incident happened is you start off by because the one thing I did when I when I saw everything I saw myself in George mm-hmm. Floyd because I'm big I'm black in the instant I saw that I started struggling because the one thing I thought was I have to get off to me it was the officer standing on my neck or kneeling on my neck so I think to myself how do I stand up from this the first thing I want to do is put my hands to the floor and do like a push-up why well, can't do you know why because my hands are coughed behind my fucking back. And not only that, okay, could I, could I use my knee to make me stand up? No, I can't. Because two fucking pricks are sat in the lower part of my back. So what next? Let me attempt to move my head. I fucking can't. Because there's a full-grown cunt kneeling on my neck. I am begging you. I can't breathe. I can't fucking breathe. And you're sat there just smirking and, and doing nothing. For nine fucking minutes. Do you know how long nine fucking minutes is? You know what you do? Try doing a plank for one minute. That's how you know how long nine fucking minutes 
and you just you just continue to kneel on my neck. I am begging. I am pleading for my fucking life. And the only time you choose to let off, even after I go unconscious, so you do not check your responses because I can talk, it's clear that I am all right. What am I saying? Are you not listening to my words? The whole ordeal was just so powerful to, to think that you are less than why I am a threat primarily for nothing but the color of my skin. I have done nothing to you. I have no weapon on but the weapon you see mm. is my color. That's, that's just too much. I think what's been happening has been triggering a lot of people because normally we just let let microaggressions happen you know we we let it slide because it just makes your life a little bit easier because you don't want to have conflict you just try to do your job and get home to your family you try to do your job so you can go to the gym you're trying to get to a to b you're trying to just be on the train reading your book you're trying to and you have people looking at you differently you have people clutching their bags walking on across the road saying no where are you really from no where are you from you can't be from here where are you from oh you sound a bit different oh how can i can i can't say your name can i shorten it Do you know there's so many things we as human beings black human beings suppress because we're not the majority in this country in the uk i mean nigeria is you know majority black it's different but I'm sure you guys still have people that mistreat you because of the colour of your skin. It's, it's annoying. It's, it really is. And, you know, where, where Larry was talking about, you know, imagining himself in that situation, where he was talking about, you know, having, having, having someone kneeling down on his throat, it's just, you know, you play that image, you have no idea how many times you see a video. And if you're not imagining yourself, you're imagining your little brother, you're imagining someone close to you in your family experiencing that. And the thing is, though, when people say, oh, it's, it could be something that, you know, you're just, you know, playing out of your consciousness. But it has happened where, you know, you're, as Patsy would say, as your family gets treated differently. My brother, for example, my little brother, when he was in school, you know, he gets this girl that says something, something really, some white girl said something really, really bad to him, right? At the time, it was something to do with his nose. So she says something, I can't remember how old it was, must have been six. And my, 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 he gets so angry, right? He's, he's like, what, why are you, why are you saying that? Like, why you, why do you feel the need to do that? And then he clenches his fist and that's what he does. And then he just says, okay, fine. I'm not going to do this. Now this girl goes and tells the school, she goes and tells the school that blah, 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 he done this. And obviously he's in huge trouble. He's in huge trouble. Why did you clench your fist? Why did you, why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, nah, but she, but she what? But she what? That's not the type of behavior. And obviously violence in no way should be something that we're... But did you ever even sit down to listen what he had to say? That level of oppression is where, you know, you can afford to give someone the benefit of the doubt, but you can't with the other person because once you look at them, 
once you identify their features, you go, boom, you know what? He's in the wrong. He's done something wrong. There is no way he said anything right. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what he comes mm. up with. It's always going to be an excuse. So you're always arguing from a losing point. And that gets you to where Patsy is saying that you almost have to conform. You know, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm mm. going to get by and avoid this. Whether it be at work, whether anywhere, you're conforming. You're like, you know what? Fine. Um, you know, if, if bouncers, if bouncers need, need us to get into clubs in groups of twos rather than in a group of five people because we're all black people and we're posing a threat, yeah, let's conform. Let's go in groups of twos. Yeah, or bring a couple of girls exactly. with you. Exactly. Or let's let's get, like, one white person into our group just so, you know, you can make it look nicer. So you're having yeah. to conform because, you know, the prejudice itself just makes you always fight from a losing standpoint. Because you brought up that story with a, a white young girl when your brother was young, what do you think white people can do more of or what is their role right now to make this whole situation move forward and there's more change to happen. Well, I think for starters, drop that all lives matter shit. I think that's the first thing we have to address. Drop it. Do you think we do not know all lives matter? We know that. Guess what? You're not living your life every day afraid of the people who are there to serve and protect you. If we're talking about the fact that, okay, maybe black people do not pay taxes, that's why the police can treat them as such. So, oh no, I am a citizen. I am doing everything right. Well, why then? Okay, sorry, I just have to take a breath. The one thing I would say to my white brothers and sisters, recognize your privilege. Don't think you have no privilege. You have privilege. Recognize that privilege and understand that we are starting a life different to yours. A lot of the opportunities afforded are three times hard for us to even get to see the light of day. So recognize your privilege. Again, with the All Lives Matter shit, drop it. Let's address one problem at a time. Any way you can help, from donations to great causes to understanding or trying to just try to understand that we're all different and appreciate that difference. For me, my message will be embrace the discomfort. Embrace the discomfort. What do I mean by that? You know, there's been so many, so many social situations where even be it with Larry when I was at university with him, there's been so many social situations where, you know, someone says something mildly racist, the list of bits, and people in the room recognize it is, be it in a group chat, be it somewhere, you know, you get discom- you know, you get discomforted by it. But then also, what you do is you're afraid that the discomfort it will cause you from speaking out against it will be even much more worse than the discomfort that you're facing from hearing it. So you almost yeah. always go, you know what, I'm just, I might just cringe and then change the topic or, do you know I mean, like mm. literally tiptoe around it or, you know, laugh awkwardly around it because I don't want to be the person that's calling the imagine imagine the flipping pain the person you know I'm trying really hard to swear not to swear imagine the pain the person that's in that situation that's a minority that's facing the discomfort of having been in a situation where you know the the, the being racially aggravated and they know 
and they know the moment they start speaking out, you know, they become that person that's always shouting, especially for black women. And I cannot emphasize this more, you know, because a lot of black women get, get labeled as, you know, the aggressive ones, the aggressors, the ones that are doing this and that. And I've been in so many situations with girls and they're like, oh, that black girl, like she's so, and I'm like, do you know why she's got that anger? Do you know what type of shit she's been through? You can't just go out here general because you don't try to understand it. You know, because for you, you're okay. Like you're okay with your privilege. You're fine to like look at it from an all same, do you know what I mean? Like we're all on the same level. We're all going to be given the same opportunities. We're all going to be looked at the same on flipping dating apps. And you come out here and judge them the same as you'd be judging your fellow wife. No, you, you can't. And that's, that's where the frustration is. It's just that discomfort that you feel embrace it be that person that's calling your friends out because if deep down you can't do that if deep down you think you know what this discomfort is going to cause me so much like i'm gonna take then you can't call yourself a friend to whomever black person you claim is your friend and you can't call yourself that you're not racist because you're exactly exactly because you know you're claiming to be someone's friend when it suits you but when it doesn't, mm-hmm. you pick it. You don't pick and choose to be some. You don't. You can't. You can't. And that 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 is that is where the anger stems from. It's like, you know, you see these girls and they end up grouping themselves with with their fellow, you know, race mates or you know what I mean, like people in the same race group and whatnot. And you're thinking, ah, they're being so exclusive. But do you know why? So much easier. exactly. And the difficulty of having to explain a lot of these issues to someone that's going to be so uncomfortable about it that you don't even want to listen is just something a lot of these girls and a lot of guys ourselves don't want to deal with. So we just say, you know what, like effort, fuck it. We're not going to stress with that. Let's just, you know, group with these people that would rather, that would be easier to understand this issue, but we don't want to do that. Like I've got so many white friends and, you know, friends of all colors outside that I've got Asian friends. That's the thing I would like in that situation for people to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be behind my friend's back and I'm going to stand up for this nonsense. And don't, you know, right now, the difficulty we are facing right now is, you know, you're having to struggle to separate the genuine friends now because although people come to you and say, oh, I'm really sorry, like you're facing, did you not see it when it was happening before? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? For me, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying because what hit me the hardest is me questioning who in my life right now has actually 100% got my back about my race about okay you say you love me but do you see me do you feel me do you understand me understand that what you're not doing by not sticking up for me hurts it hurts it really hurts it's it's an emotion it's words that I can't even express when my white best friend doesn't stick up for me how can I put that label of best on that friendship if you're not sticking up for me, it's people you've known your whole life think actually they laughed at that joke. Oh, they're laughing at that joke because they don't want to be that one person to stand out of the crowd and just say, guys, that's not right. They, they go with the majority because it's safer. Mm-hmm. But right now we need every single person to go ignore that. We need to stand up for what is correct, what's right for the people who are standing with us, who are our neighbours, who are our family, who, who are our friends, who are our colleagues, who are our managers, who you know, we all interlink with each other, whether whether people like it or not. 
we do. Larry, I, I'm just going to ask you something, but this is to do with, um, you know, the sports teams, right? So you've you've played on majority white teams and, you know, you're one of the few black guys. What Tell, tell us that sort of experience, what that was like and what sort of inequality and injustice and different experiences you had in that sort of context. Uh, best team I ever played in terms of where, to, to, to this day, I speak to most of the lads is my American football team. I don't know if it's because it's an American sport, so a lot of them are, or have seen, or a lot of the white people on the team have seen the injustice. And so the, I don't know what it is, but the race relations, for me in particular, was just the best. You never had to, I was one of the lads. You, you weren't the black guy amongst, do you get what I mean? You had genuine friends who you could, you know, you never worried about being a black guy. And rightly said, there was always one silly comment here and there, but nonetheless, it was just, I love these guys. Like, do you get what I mean? Compared to when I was on the rugby team, mm. it was, I had you predominant when in union, I had you, mm. and I can't really place a finger on anyone else. I think maybe Barnes, but it was you, Barnes, and I could place a finger on who I could say, okay, you know what? I still talk to them to this day, compared to, for example, the American football world. So it was like, the one thing I know is, as Patsy said, a lot of microaggressions, a lot of very, very unnecessary comments. But I know once someone asked me, oh, oh um, <laughs> uh, see, here's the thing, guys, I come from a very privileged background. Like, to listeners, I come from a very privileged background, so it's probably a mistake. However, so imagine someone, because of the color of your skin, coming to ask you, so how is life in, how, how is it where you were like, you know, in, a, in, a, in an urban setup? How, how is it? I'm sat there wondering, I don't know what you, because I've never struggled. I was born with a silver spoon. I can't even say of my, um, with my mouth, I'd say probably shoved so far up my ass. It was probably a silver shoved. So, I've, you <laughs> spade. It's spade. Silver I have sword. I've not, I've lived around cooks and what's it called? Security men, escorts. That's my life. So imagine coming to a country and all of a sudden, because of your, the color of your skin, they assume you've lived a hard life come from you know the hood and i'm sat there confused like, what, what do you mean i said it wasn't a struggle waking up i got driven everywhere by it i had a driver driving me everywhere so what, what is this like what is this question you're asking and then he dawned on he doesn't see your privilege or your possible privilege no the first thing he sees is the color of your skin so mm. he's looking at you like you can't be well to do can't have a house in in the upper class you, you would not mingle mm. in the upper class because of the color of your skin you're not you're not predisposed mm. to do that. That's mm. what he thought when he saw it. You can't put two and two together. It's It seems like I'm a supposed to know. I am supposed to. When you see me, you see council houses, you see mm. gangs, you see violence. And the one thing that people do not realise is all these things that you see in the background that are dominated by people of colour. It's because the system has supported that sort of, um, you know, predisposition where you go, okay, um, black people are the ones that are going to suffer so much. They're struggling to get bank loans. They're struggling to get, you know, this the simplest amenities that would be available to, you know, other people of majority race or, you know, for people, white people. So, you know, it ends up being that way. But you don't even try to understand that because for you it's enough it's like nah another big problem i have especially with people in the western world you know people claim it's ignorance and i'm like are you crazy how can it be ignorant how many movies have you watched where you're seeing like really really rich nigerian people or rich african people or don't think people it's, it's watch a very that. terrible example. that's 
Hollywood is actually a huge problem. And Hollywood is a problem. I won't lie to that. Because it's a problem. You see that the black man is often in gangs in the movie portrayal. He's often in gangs. If he's not in gangs, he's the Nigerian scammer. He's not the Nigerian scammer. He's a warlord from Somalia. Mm. Africans or black are never properly represented. Which is why Black Panther blew up. Because it was it was the first time everyone felt, wow, I, I'm not I'm not what you're saying, a robber, mm. a scammer, a beggar. I'm I'm the one saving the yeah, world just, right now or saving the people. Do you know what I mean? And that's why people connected with it, whether people thought it was a good film or not, the role of the characters were unlike anything else. Mm kids could envision themselves as superheroes yeah um you know don't get me wrong people like hollywood hollywood has a long long way to go you've seen black people um you know striking and not going to the oscars you know you think that's you think that's them just being bitter because they're not they're not good enough it's not Mm. because that it's opportunities it's about equal opportunities you know what i mean like you you can't tell me you can't tell me that in generate in centuries there hasn't been that many are you crazy i could name like 10 just by going off right now but i'm not gonna do that you know them there's so many actors that would be so well suited for some of the roles that get given <laughs> even some black roles get given to white people do you know what i mean like you could be doing a biography i'm laughing about it because it's so ridiculous you could be doing some sort of autobiography on some history a role that was in real life a person of color given to a white person and this has happened continuous times so you think these people are um, striking because they're they're not they're not striking because they're bitter they're striking because they want equality as simple as that we we want to be treated the same not as second-class citizens not as people that need to drag scream scratch just to get a seat on the table we want to be able to say oh you're walking in me too actually did you get an interview yeah me too not oh no i'm no, nobody on the inter- interview panel was of a person of colour. Everybody was white. I don't know if they could relate to me, actually. Or, oh, did you re- realise that, you know, everybody who got nominated was white? I, 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 it, this was meant to be a diversity event and I don't see anybody of colour. Do you know what I mean? It's just constantly we don't see our face because it's so hard for us to get through the door. But that is why the killings in America in the last few days, in the last week have literally been the the very, very tip of the highest last longing iceberg because visualising, being able to see, being able to hear how he died in, for me, in the most brutal way I could have thought possible for a policeman to kill somebody. So that is why there's been protests around the world and, you know, 50 states, every state in America have now protested. Around the world now, around the world. That's why it's overwhelming as well, because it's like people do see us. You almost need aggression. You almost need to shout to be seen. Why? Why do I need to shout to be seen? Like, and that's, that's where it's defeated. Now, I've got a theory right and i could be wrong i have almost this deep down sense that a lot of white people in these positions view view treating black people in that sort of way as a you know a prize and i'll explain this it, now think about the context of you know if someone shoots uh, an eagle and posts it up 
you know, post up the caucus in his living room or something, you know, to show, to boast strength and whatnot. I almost feel like, because you could see some sort of pride in his eyes when he was kneeling on the guy's neck. It's almost like, I got you. It's almost like, you know, now I'll be respected by my fellow people. You know, every time they see a boy or anyone black being arrested, be it in the nightclub situation or anywhere, you almost feel like the guy feels the need to use extra aggression, extra strength to prove that, okay, you know what? I got you. Like, I'm a lord over you. Like, you have nothing. You have nothing compared to me. And the fact that people deep down feel the need to do that is where the problem stems from. It's like within you, you don't feel like a sense of accomplishment till you're oppressing someone to the lowest of points. You even take away their lives in the most brutalest of forms and kids have to witness that nonsense, that bullshit, but you're fine with it because deep down you're getting this satisfaction and that's what we need to look for. That's what we need to find that within ourselves, do we have that? Do we have that sense of satisfaction we feel from witnessing oppression? For example, in the littlest of ways, like, you know, you're playing sports and you see someone black, like, for example, Paul Pogba, right? You see Paul Pogba getting criticized continuously, continuously, Raheem Sterling getting slaughtered by newspapers, but there is some sort of satisfaction. You think these people in the press publish it because it doesn't get any sort of traction. It does. And that's the reason why they keep publishing it. You know, although people keep saying, oh, like, this is extremely, extremely wrong. You're picking him because of the color of his skin. There's people that literally feel a sense of fulfillment from seeing that sort of injustice. And if you feel that, ask yourself, you know, you can't be like, oh, now I've got black friends, you know, they're cool with me. So it's fine. But if you're feeling that sort of, if you're feeling that sort of, if you're feeling that sense, then are you really not racist? I mean, that's a question everybody has to ask themselves. Am I in or am I out? Because as soon as you're not in, you're racist. Like, that is the line. It's It kind of is as simple as in or out, because as soon as you're, oh, I'm not sure, mm. then you're out, because you're not going to stand up for us when we need you the most. No, 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 no. You need to be strong on this now. You need to be doing things actively. I don't need your white guilt. Don't need to tell me what you're doing, why you're doing it. Just do it. You should be doing it anyway. Don't be trying to get like that validation validation telling me that you're doing it. It's draining because this is what I'm doing anyway. I'm already have to say, oh, I don't like how you've just said that. Or no, I'm braiding my hair because it protects my hair. It's my culture. I'm not funky. I'm not this. I'm not anything. It's just the way of life. Do you know what I mean? Like, ask me, ask me why I'm, oh, what, what have you done differently to your hair? Do you know what I mean? There's different ways of saying what you're saying. If you don't know, research it. If you're close enough, ask. Each individual is different on the whole asking. A lot of people say go and research. Go in, There's a Google. There's the big web. You can go and do these things yourself. We, we don't need to be your Google. I want us to look at some systematic racism or institutionalised racism. When I say that or when we say that, what Victor gave a perfect example. Why is it that Paul Pogba has to jump through so many hoops to be considered effective? If we're looking at purely statistics or influence, you know how great a player he is. However, for some reason, he's surplus to requirements in a shitty team like United because of his attitude. He's flashy. He's that. That's an example of systematic racism. Another example is Raheem Sterling. And Victor, Victor gave fantastic examples. Another problem 
I want you to look at is when I talk about institutionalized racism and the American system. You see, the American police have a problem of hyper-aggression. It's a problem. Whether you're white or black, American police, as we've seen with the protests, white people getting arrested, black people getting arrested, it's hyper-aggression from these foolish American police officers. I apologize. Not saying foolish American police officers. Why? What I meant was a foolish way of training the American police officers. What then happened? Mm. Because of institutionalized racism, the punishment for a crime, not even a crime, for allegedly committing a crime for a white person might be jail and possible trial for a black person is death because of the hyper-aggression was institutionalized racism. You have George Floyd. What was his alleged crime? Counterfeit of a $20 bill. There's no way in the American criminal code or the constitution that the penalty is death no, Philando Castile shot and killed in the presence of his wife and daughter. His crime was obviously just being black. Because I mean, the man had a right to bear arms, which is part of the American constitution, if I am right, was shot yeah. and killed. Sandra Bland. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. This is Mike Brown. Eric God. Eric, there's just so many names. I'm talking about the police in America, just in just the police. They are my case study. Why is it that you, you see constantly, there was a woman who was killed in her house. She was killed in her house oh, yes. while sleeping. Oh, yes. The police entered mm -hmm. the wrong house. They entered the wrong house. And, and opened fire. <sighs> Imagine. There's just so many stories and so many stories that don't Honestly. quite add up. Well, guess what, guys? Do you know the problem and my greatest fear is we are in an age of information consumption that's so quick that just like we forgot about this, this happened to this woman a couple of weeks ago. Let's not be mistaken. So it's constant. When I tell you my fear is that because of information consumption, we will forget George Floyd and wait for another black person to be gone or killed like an animal before we remember that's my word one thing i want us to just try to not let this go continue as much yeah. pressure as it's we not can. a trend this is not literally as patsy just said this is not a trend this is not a dance that will go because tomorrow mm -hmm. i will still be black i will not change the larry mm -hmm. you love the patsy you mm -hmm. love the victor you love the jay-z you love all the famous we will still be black and this will continue to be our reality. So while you come out today and protest with us, tomorrow you will go and you will continue to be white. While we continue to live in constant fear until the system is changed. I worry for the sort of pity we're going to get coming out of this. You know, there's people that are just going to pity you. And I'm like, do not pity me. Like, <laughs> you know, because that actually angers me. Because it's like, I know, like, you're trying to say, oh, I feel your thing. I feel like, I feel, and it's been happening for years. German, you, know you fight your, you fight the fight against it without having to involve me in it. Because, you know, just think about deep down, as Larry was saying, Think about the fact that we are going to continue facing these issues. Now, you're pitying me today and not saying about anything about it tomorrow isn't going to help. It, just keep that fight. Keep that fight going. Just whether be it with your family, be it with, you know, your, your, even your own dad or your mom or someone, 
that's doing something that you think is remotely call them out call them out it will mm-hmm. never change the change with the change begins with you like deep down you the there's one thing i wanted to speak about because when i was in china i experienced a lot of racism there's a there's a difference to it there's a difference to the nature in which i experienced that racism versus you know in the western world when i was in china you'd have children that would want to feel your skin because they thought it was different think about the level of ignorance in that context someone hasn't seen a black person for their whole lifetime and the moment they see them you're like a zoo animal now think about ignorance in the mm. western you know if i face racism in the western world where you've seen black people in your school wherever but you still choose you make the choice to have that segregate think about that for a second and i'm not defending like racism in china i'm saying like obviously racism of all forms should be right it's, it's wrong completely wrong it should be out kick it out but that to me is where i go you know what this is just pure hatred and i want to link that back to what you say you're scared how it will feel when we come out of this you know the pity it literally just happened the hashtag of blackout tuesday on social media I mean, pretty much 99% of my whole feed was black squares. However, the very next day, it felt like it was forgotten. You know, people were posting their selfies, their normal lives, and the black people were kind of left to promote, you know, educate, share links. Don't forget to sign this petition. We've seen that 22.2 million posts of black squares were posted on Tuesday, yet the petition for George was 12 million. So, you know, that on its own are people doing doing the Instagram, doing the social media for the trend to not look bad, but they're not actively doing things behind closed door. And that is the part of the problem we are saying is don't just say it, do it. Actions always speak louder than words and the words you are putting on your social media do not mean shit to me if you're not doing the things that you're telling other people to do. If you're not educating yourself, if you're not going reading a book, if you're not, you know, respecting, not standing out, if you're not doing any of this, then don't be doing an Instagram. I don't care. Just delete me, unfollow me. Do you know what I mean? Like, stop listening to black music then. Don't listen to the radio with black. Do you know what I mean? There's so many people people that are talented and you you, you're buying their work you're you're loving their designs you're you're in their cars and you won't stand up for what's right in the world for people who walk alongside you for me that's what my mind can't stitch together the point you made about when you went to china and how you were reacting there you know what's crazy is i live in from nigeria like but do you know how insane it is that in a country that is black people are in the majority. You know how crazy it is to be in a country that is predominantly black. However, when a white person still is treated with respect and often the superiority complex compared to the natives, do you know how crazy it is that a white person, just because of the color of their skin, are afforded a privilege in a predominantly black country? Do you know how mad it is that? top executive jobs in Nigeria will be given to a white man with less qualifications than a black man in Nigeria. Do you know how crazy that is? 
So to think that when I then come to England or to the United States, I am not afforded such a privilege is maddening to me. In my country, I see a white man and people tell me to afford him some form of respect. But when I go to your country, no one affords me any respect. I am treated as a second-class citizen. How crazy is that? Absurd. And Larry, just to sort of expand on that point, a lot of these African countries, and this is not just in Nigeria, in Uganda as well, right? You have a lot of these top jobs being given to white people and there's a whole saviour complex, you know, when they go into the village. And then there's also people in the village that are like, oh man, America is like heaven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like heaven. They see a Hollywood film and they're like, oh, I want to, you know, go to America. And then they associate, you know, black people that get married to white people with some sort of like status um, you know, like, listen, this guy's made it in life. And these these are the long-lasting effects of, you know, colonialism. It's, yep. it's never, it's going to take years and years to wipe out that imperialist agenda that happened at that, you know, that happened just a couple of decades ago. That's just one thing that people fail to realise. It's like, you know, you go down to these African countries, you know, you take, you take all these selfies with these little kids because they're worshipping you like you're no man's business. But what you don't realise is that you're supporting this very, you know, the deep-rooted problem that a lot of these kids, a lot of them are fighting to get out of. You know, they struggle to see people of their own skin as people that are the saviours. And then when they grow up and when they grow up, you know, they get into these positions where they still have that mindset. But you just need to understand in that context, these effects that happen because of all that are going to take years and years and years to wipe out. Can't change people. We really can't. We can only change ourselves. We're only in control of what we do, what we say, how we respond. You know, when they said gentle giant about George Floyd. And then I thought about, you know, Larry during our times in Liverpool where you're smiling and you're happy to be around German saying people, you know, making jokes, you're cracking jokes. So people actually love to be associated with you. Now I think of it, if Larry was the neutral giant, right? If he was just the guy that just wore the hoodie to, you know, his lectures, didn't want Mm -hmm. to be disturbed. So he just, you know, he was an introvert. There would be a problem. Like I don't, see how he would have managed his life in Liverpool would have been really, really different, significantly different. And you might disagree with this, Larry, but in my context, I kind of feel like you almost had to keep the gentle thing going for so long because people wouldn't be able to view you as someone that could get angry. But we all can get angry. Mm. We, we're all human. But you don't want that person to be angry because once it's a black man that's angry, oh my God, let's bring out the guns. Oh, it's scary. Bring the police. Let's do this. Let's FM right up. I walk into your shop, Tesco's. I'm walking into Tesco's, shitty Tesco's. I'm walking around the corner looking for something to buy. And there's this security guard following me around. You know what the joke was? was black because my, my girlfriend at the time had to calm me down because I'm, I was starting to get rowdy because I'm sat here like I'm getting really upset because like I said I, I've come from a privileged life and I'm sat there almost yelling at him how dare you follow me do you know no matter how much you think you make in a year I can sort this out with my pocket money 
Like I was that pissed off. Because who are you? To me, I was sad. But well, guess what? He's just doing his job. Manager probably called him down to go follow, go follow the black guy, the big black guy. Because he looks like he cannot afford anything in fucking Tesco's. In fucking Tesco's. <laughs> it's Tesco's, man. It's fucking Tesco's. <laughs> you get what I mean? It's not even Waitrose. It's not about expenses. It's Tesco's. What do I have? Just... The, you know, yeah. that story just has so many, so many flashbacks where don't don't even talk about, don't even talk, you know, you've got that situation with Larry in the shop and then also in a nightclub where, you know, you're you're the black guy and you're walking around and you just see someone like literally following you with their eyes. They're like, he looks suspicious. Or even just recently, like a couple of days ago, here in Flipping Corp, I see a guy literally going aisle after aisle. Just like, do you know what I mean? Like, period. Like, it's, 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 it's like the FBI is following for something that I've done. Do you know what I mean? You almost feel guilty. You feel like you want to run. You feel like you want to yeah. run. Mm. Because you're like, yeah. have I done something? Like, did I accidentally, I don't know, steal something? Did I? And you're like... Why? Why? Like, why do I? Why do I need to feel like this? And the weird thing is, the person was a person of color as well. So it's it just happens so many times, and you're like, you're asking yourself, what what's going on? I think to conclude, oh. we started this podcast because we wanted to have conversations. We generally wanted change. We be so transparent about everything because we all need to look at ourselves but in particular it is race race needs to be looked at and people need to look at themselves in the mirror and say what am I doing wrong like what can I hold myself accountable for because right now I'm not sticking up for my black sister and I'm white I'm not sticking up for my black boyfriend and I'm white if you're in these people's lives as well really consider have I been a good friend if this has made you feel uncomfortable, if this has made you feel upset, awkward, or, you know, it's disrupting your, like, privilege, your, your vibe, yourself, you know, yourself. we are living it, we're breathing it, we're feeling it. And that's really all I can say is constantly check your privilege because you have a privilege with your, your race. I understand that I sometimes have a privilege with the fact in COVID, for example, I have a job. That is a privilege right now. You know, right now, black people get oppressed like no man's business. People of colour, that's the reason why I try to make sure that in every way I stress that people of colour, you know, because right now we're fighting the fight for our black brothers and sisters, ourselves included. We don't want you to forget that it expands to people of colour. Don't be going calling people packies because, you know, society overlooks that more than it overlooks someone you're calling someone a nigger. That ain't right. And it's not funny. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people as well think, oh, like I was just doing it for bands. Like I was just doing it. And then he goes back to living. Are you fucking kidding me? Don't, don't, don't be calling, do you, do you know what I mean? Like all your Asian yeah. brothers and sisters are coming here from their countries trying to get good education because they've heard it's really good somewhere. And then you're, you know, segregating them based off, you know, that. You, you, it's not funny. Like you think it's funny, but he has to deal with that nonsense everywhere he's going, and then he has to become numb to it to be able to fit in, and that's not right. You know, he's almost becoming a different version of himself just to be around you. It's not. That's BS. 
we will not stop talking, not stop shouting until they finally hear us. Black Lives Matter. Thank you for listening to another episode of Black Current. We have been Larry, Victor and Patsy. Together we make Black Current. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. We appreciate all the love and support. Until next time. Thank you.